Welcome to the Collections by Michelle Brown Show, a show about people living between the lines, standing boldly in the crosshairs of their intersectionality as they create change. This episode is brought to you in partnership with the Center for Peace Counseling and Holistic Healing Services. Welcome to Collections by Michelle Brown. I'm your host, Michelle Brown. This is a podcast connecting people living between the lines, standing boldly in the crosshairs of their intersectionality and creating change. On Uh Saturday, February 25th, Rethink the Narrative and the Esteem Awards presented Artists in the Afternoon Beyond Publishing. With us today is one of the panelists from that event, Tom Logan. Tom Logan is the CEO of Ebanman. It showcases the professional lifestyle of mature black, gay, and queer men within business, travel, arts and entertainment, and community voice. Its curated publication has enlightening articles, engaging commentary, and appealing visual design. Tom is here to talk about a beautiful coffee table book he has curated that provides a visible and tangible extension of the brand. Tom, Welcome to Collections by Michelle Brown. How are you today? I'm doing fine, Michelle. How are you this afternoon? Well, I am doing well. I've been going through, you know, this crazy weather that we've been having national. I mean, you know, don't tell me there's nothing going on. I mean, it has to be, you know, warm, cold, warm, cold. But um, as someone told me earlier, they said, hey, as long as you're on this side, you can weather it and yes. keep going yes. and doing other things. Well, yes. I first really met you last year at the Esteem Awards, and that's the first time, and I know you've been around for a minute, that I heard about your organization. Can you tell us a little bit more? I know we've talked before, but in depth about Eben Man and how you got started and what it's about. Most definitely. Again, and first of all, Michelle, thank you very much again for bringing me back on. Uh, yes, this is my second time sitting with you. I really enjoyed our conversation last time, and I'm honored uh, that you invite me back to discuss our, discuss our coming project. And so, to answer your question, um, Eben Man has always been a uh, extension of my life. Um, mm. I actually. Man, about six or seven years ago, trying to figure out how to navigate the world as a professional black gay man. And what I mean by that was finding other individuals that I knew kind of were out there, but they were really not visible and visible for various reasons. And so as I looked around, I originally thought, how can I make that connection? When I looked online, I never saw anything about uh, professional black gay men, black gay men in general, uh, of course, back way before the Internet is what it is today. And so it was a challenge um, trying to find locations where everyone may have connected and gathered. It was a challenging finding that navigational spot. And so the original concept of eBaying Man was creating gathering events, um, so to speak, First Friday events or some type of uh, networking opportunity where professional black gay men can network and kind of um, pull our sources together, pull our resources together. From that, I started realizing that there was no physical space on the Internet Mm. where we, of course, there's dating apps and there's other types of apps that are out there, but it, it just didn't fit for me. It wasn't my community. It wasn't my tribe. And so, like, most individuals typically think if it's not out there, create it yourself. And so that's Mm -hmm. how we created the uh, digital space in terms of resources. And so our ebayman.com are different resources and aesthetics that 
um, hopefully appeal to uh, more of the um, professional needs of, of black gay men in terms of trying to find a career, uh, information about business, information about travel, uh, some entertainment information, um, other lifestyle about skincare, uh, wellness and health. And so that's what our goal is in terms of our, uh, our digital information that we put out there. Um, we're very big on inspiring through our quotes as well. I, I love uh, my quotes. That's one of my favorite things that I love to put out there. And so from the, after the digital started realizing next phase, everyone is creating an app. Again, all these apps that are out there, still was no app out there that I felt like I, I'm not really a big social media person um, for various reasons. Uh, my Facebook and my Instagram is just more for inspiration and trying to figure out how I can curate something that um, I feel fits me or something I or so space that I would feel comfortable in. And so that's how we started the eBay Man uh, app. And so within our app, just imagine it is a platform that allows you to network and socialize and connect with individuals. We're currently going into a change with the app. So our uh, eBay Man basically 1.0 is down, and we're creating an eBay Man <laughs> that will actually be coming out, I'd say, in another month or two. Um, mm -hmm. Just the beginning phases of it is completed. We just have to go and create some more um, aesthetically pleasing terms for me of how I want it to look and feel for the user. And so that's our goal is to create that community. And so the main concept around eBay Man is to elevate the black gay experience. And so everything that we do or we touch, we hopefully are elevating the experience that a black gay man service from a service standpoint from a product standpoint, from a look and a feel. Um, we're creating uh, a food and wine festival. I think we may have talked about before, but we're coming mm -hmm. out with a festival in June and July of this year, and we've actually finally came up with the definitive brand, which is Wind Out. And wow. so with Wind again, it is giving us that opportunity to elevate um, the experience that typically people within our community love to attend outside of our community, but is never curated for us. So again, that's what we look at when we're trying to create experiences with eBay Man. You know, Tom, in many ways, I mean, it shows you how times have changed, but you are, what you've been doing has been like ahead of the game because now, like, you know, we have, you know, Don Lemon is out there. We've got Pete Buttigieg. You know, I mean, we've got these these images of gay men who are out there doing things, and it's like no big deal. You know, people act like it's no big deal. But you and I know that it wasn't that long ago, especially for black gay men, where we lived closeted. You know, you had to live a closeted life, you know, if you wanted to achieve professionally. I mean, I've talked to people who were in all industries, and they said, well, you know, like for the longest, I just sort of kept it kind of quiet, you know. Uh -huh. I did be, and there were small groups. I know, like I want to say, um, hmm, on the East Coast, I want to say in Philadelphia, there's like the Brothers Network, where they just sort of met. And, you know, people had this in mind, you didn't want to be stereotyped, but people would do, especially black gay men. And, you know, yeah. we know, you know, shoot, not only is the, is the target on your back because you're, you're black, you're male, then throw in gay. I mean, it was just like if you wanted to do these things, and it's so great that now, first of all, you provided that place where people could flourish and be out and run their business and be professional even before we had this, you know, enlightened stage, I guess you call it now. But not yes. only that, but by them being able to do it, they could have their businesses and employ people and inspire other young black gay men who wanted to be entrepreneurs to do these things and you know, really to break that stereotype. Yes. When when yep. you said that you 
when you said that you wanted to to do an app, do you often find people who who are go like, well, man, it wasn't like swipe right, swipe left, left, find a hookup. Well, you, you did you find people who would, and I want to say disappointed, but were pleasantly surprised that it was more than what they were expecting or have been exposed to? Um, you are 100% correct. And it's interesting that in the process, it also made me realize how we, for lack of a better word, marginalize ourselves. Mm. Most of the individuals that I spoke with in terms of if I was either at an event or just in general, they instantly assumed that it was either a dating app or a hookup app, or it had something to do with um, our health concerns. And so when I explained to them that it was a social networking app, a resource app that was on the go, that all the information that you needed that will be contained in the app is an opportunity to network and socialize, find out about career opportunities, travel information, a business directory will also be on there as well. So there's a variety of resources that when you want to find out something about the black gay community and you want to support, it's just a click away. And as I explained that to them, it made them open their eyes. Um, Mm -hmm. Wow, I never thought that someone would think of, and, and it goes to people never think that somebody would think of them in that aspect. And, then, mm-hmm. and that's where we have to start opening our mindset about ourselves. We're not going to be considered worth anything until we consider our own worth first. Mm-hmm. That's what I learned by creating that. You know, I love the idea that also that you have a business directory. Okay. Now, many places, like they'll look at com- companies, well, what is that? HRC has at 100 index. <laughs> but, you know, and that's lovely. And it means that they're gay-friendly. But I know many gay people who have worked for or applied for positions at those, but being black or even Latino or any person of color, you know what, the welcome mat ain't quite out there like what they did. So to have that, because we also know somebody has to be in there and open the door. Yes. And here's this business directory. That's fantastic. Thank you. Thank you very much for that. Yes. I really feel that um, it's time for us to figure out a way to be supportive of each other. And I'll, and I'll give you a quick um, scenario. About two weeks ago, I was on a call with a gentleman who is a, a VC, and we were all on the assumption that it was going to be a, a one-on-one call. It turned out to be about 200 individuals on this Zoom call. His wow. approach was, that I'm going to give you all an opportunity to present your project to me, and then I'll decide if it's something that I feel like I want to invest in, help you work on, or see other resources I can try to provide to you. During this call, a lot of people started dropping off once they realized they felt like it was some type of sales pitch or funnel, and at the same time, they felt misled because it wasn't a one-on-one call. While I stayed on the call, I started noticing the type of individuals that he was reaching out to were what he considered aesthetically pleasing to him. Most of the individuals, and and I don't want to say, let me actually clarify that, all of the individuals that I saw while I was on the call was a Caucasian descent. Eight times out Mm -hmm. of ten was a Caucasian woman. And I think I may have seen maybe six or seven different men that were caught on upon as well. All during the conversations with him, he's, one of them in his act, he said, wow, you're almost as handsome as I am. Like that was hmm. the reason why I picked him. All the while, I'm scrolling through to see how many people of color are on this Zoom call. I would say it's about 10 or 20 of us. During that time, none of us was picked. None of us was picked. And I really... Hmm then how important it was doing black history, the meaning behind our coffee table book is representation matters. And it was so important at that time that we need to have our own seats at the table. We talk about our businesses. We talk about things that we need within the community. We need someone that's going to be there to support us. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that they consider themselves being 
an ally and open and progressive. And often you find that people who put themselves wearing that, they're allies, they're progressive, you know. In fact, often they want to wear their LGBTQ hat, not recognizing how exclusive it is of people of color, you yeah. know. And then, you know, and somehow that's supposed to be okay for you because, hey, man, you know, we're queer, you know, you're supposed to just quietly be there and not challenge it, not make, like you said, representation. It's important that you are there. But then yeah. afterwards, did they, did you have a conversation with them afterwards about, you know, I noticed, or how did you handle that? Uh, well, after the call, actually after the call was over, he said, everyone who's still on, you can go ahead and join my other lives so you can see how I handle all the other millionaires. This is a millionaire trying to mm-hmm. let us peek into his life and all the other millionaire and billionaire friends that he has. I got off the call. Um, the next day I received a message on my TikTok account of either him or someone from his team reaching out to see um, if I was, no, let me actually backtrack. I sent a message out to him first stating, um, thank you for what you did yesterday. Um, I appreciate the feedback you gave us in terms of information because it was important and actually watching the experience was more vital to me than what he could have provided because it fueled my cause. And so when I Mm -hmm. sent that message, um, either either him or someone from his team replied back and said, I'm sorry we didn't get a chance to chat. Are you still interested in our program? Uh, we would really like to get you into one of our investment programs. And so I followed up with everything I just explained to you, my total experience, what I visually saw during the call and what I experienced during the call. The comment back was, okay, cool are you still interested in our investment club? <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. And the, the simple thing I could say was, no, thank you. I had to keep it extremely polite. I was just like, no, thank you. And so I didn't know if it was a bot or a real person I was talking to, but I could not believe that that was the two, for lack of a better word, two-word statement that was replied to me after I just explained to you what I saw. And if that Zoom call was ever put out on your social channels, I'm sure a lot of other people would have been offended by it. Mm-hmm. Wow. That is just, that is just like, okay, cool. You know? <laughs> yeah. Okay, exactly. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Do yep, you find, exactly. because as you, you navigate this, that you have to do um, – code switching to sort of like, I know what, what your first thought would be to say. And however, if you had said, okay, cool, that, that you know, that there'd been a, there could be a negative thing like, oh, well, he just doesn't get it. Not, not picking up on it. Do you find that sometimes when you're in those things that you have to like, because I, I heard you just say, you had to think about your response. So do you find that, okay, I know what I need to take back to my brothers about this, but let how do I explain or or make it clear to them what they did was not right, so that you sort of like have to navigate both worlds? You are 100% correct again. Um, as we already know in the African-American community, dealing in certain corporate American experiences, certain corporate America experiences, yes, that we do, one, have to code switch for that. That second component is being a black gay man. You also have to code switch for that. And so it is a challenge sometimes navigating between the three. Uh, learned the experience uh, of working in corporate America almost 30 plus years. Uh, it becomes second nature. Um, a lot of it also, you almost adapt within your personality as well because you've done it so many times a day as a survival tool that mm-hmm. you to say certain things. What's interesting sometimes is um, when I hear some individuals from the youth 
feel that, and I remember years ago, a couple of individuals from the from the younger generation felt like code switching was almost a sense of slavery to them. And I thought that was an interesting statement that they made that because they felt that they didn't have to code switch. And so they couldn't understand what was the reasoning that my generation and maybe other older mature generations had to uh, do that for survival. And back mm-hmm. then it was option if you wanted to work, if you wanted to have a certain lifestyle, if you wanted to do the necessities, especially living in uh, metropolitan cities like Chicago, New York, and other major metropolitan cities, you had to code switch. You had to do what it took for you to survive. Mm. So, yeah, mm. code switching, to answer your question, is yes, definitely part of the arts. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what tickles me, too, sometimes when I talk to, to a different generation, a younger generation, and I'm like, well, I'm just going to, you know, I'm not going to code switch. I'm going to say what I've got to say. But, you know, right. but they're not <laughs> recognizing that white people co-opt that language, not getting mm-hmm. the truth, you know, strength of what they're – and this is their way of thinking like, oh, well, I am so cool and I am down with the program because I can use – I can say, hey, I'm woke, and not getting what woke meant, you know? And mm-hmm. uh, and that's sort of like, so there's this, like, whole conversation that needs to happen about yeah. language and code switching and having our language co-opted and, you know, that everybody who says that they're woke ain't your friend. Right. Yeah. yeah. And everybody's definition of that isn't the same either. It really depends mm-hmm. on who you speak to and um, – was a judge Mathis one time said, and I'm sure he captured it from someone else. It was the uh, chew the meat and spit out the bones. Essentially, mm-hmm. learn everything you learn from the situation. The other stuff is not important. Mm-hmm. So you know, you know, I, you know, I got to look at your page, and I saw that one of the things that uh, your your latest post had to be top businesses to start in 2023 with COVID. You know, you've noticed that there's a lot of more entrepreneurs, more people coming up with different things to do. Are you finding that there are opportunities for the black queer community and in new industries coming out because of COVID where it's not like, you know, back in the day it was like, oh, let me get this job and had the briefcase and the tie. You know, you don't have to go into corporate America that, you can successfully develop your own businesses, which, in fact, you're doing. Yes, I, I do feel that. Um, as you were speaking, I was listening back mentally about different things that I've heard over this time. One of the greatest things was a lot of the best ideals are in the graveyard. Mm. And it made so much sense because... Even today, I just learned that there was an African-American woman who created Zoom calls, who created all of these uh, VOIP softwares that we use. That's history for us. That's information that we need to know that I never knew. Um, Even going back in my coffee table book, a large majority of the black gay men that we interviewed are founders and CEOs of their own companies or non-for-profit organizations. So I think that we are as a community of black and also a community of black LGBTQ are, as you stated before, woke in the sense of, yes, we know that now we have the opportunity, we have the conviction, and we have the confidence to go out there and create our own communities, our own experiences, our own lifestyles, we have that in us to do now. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, <clears throat> and, and, you know, we've been dancing around the book. I love the book. Okay. I lo- I looked down, you know, the page to talk about what the book was about. And I love how you divided it up. Um, I do see where it's an extension of your brand, what you're doing. That, but And then to have it as a coffee table book, this is something, you know, that, I love coffee table books anyhow, but it's, it's how I do, you know, I mean, it's something that you can look at. How did you go about 
selecting, I know it's like 47 people, I think there's a couple of allies, but most of them are um, queer and black men. How did you go about selecting, I mean, these, I would I would call them superheroes of our community? Yes, and I agree again 100% with your statement. Um, over the years, I've always been asked, what does an Ebay man, what does an Ebay man look like? And most of the individuals that ask me that question, I basically want to say, if you look in the mirror, you will see what I consider an Ebay man. I never really wanted to have a definitive of, oh, you have to make a certain amount of dollars. You have to be in a certain type of career. Um, you have to be six foot. None of that ever was the perception of what I consider an Ebay man. Ebay man to me was someone that was, to me, just moving the needle forward, changing some of the narratives, changing some of the perceptions, being able to be one of those individuals that you may not want to be identified as a, um, a leader or you may not want to be identified as someone for someone else to look up to. It's just innate in you. It's, it's natural in you to be that individual. And so finding those individuals that are within the community, they need to be showcased. A lot of times, even with the youth, they say they create their own spaces because they never had an opportunity to see it outside of them. And so that was the reason also for the Coffee Table book. I wanted to create something that was tangible to help identify and provide that slight definition of what I looked or considered to be an Ebang man. And as you go through the book, I wanted to make sure that it was a beautiful representation of them as well. These individuals are from all walks of life. Every single one has lived a totally different experience. But we all have that common thread of being black and gay. And a lot of those mm -hmm. experiences within those threads have been the same. And a lot of the dialogue around those threads have also been the same. So that's the common thread, which is the representation matters. We have the seat at the table, as we talked about, that is so vital and so important for us to make sure that we're present. Look at all the laws right now that are on the books, the bills right now that are on the books that are trying to be passed to change what it took so long for us to get to. And in the uh -huh. minute of one vote, they're all gone. Uh -huh. They're all gone. And we're back to square one again. So it's very important for us to have a seat at the table. Um, black love, black gay love is so important to us as a community. Um, I, I think sometimes LGBTQ people love the hardest because we've always felt like we've never had that. And so when we have that opportunity, it's, it's like we're putting both feet in 100% in order to make it work. Um, there's also in there leaving a legacy. As we talked about before, it's very important for us to be able to leave something tangible. Um, one of the gentlemen on our, on our uh, advisory board mentioned that I should actually reach out to HBCUs to leave this, um, hopefully within their bookstores. Great idea. This is an opportunity mm -hmm. for people that are in college, people that are in some educational institution to be able to pick up something that is beautiful and a representation of this is what a black gay man can look like. There are representations for me that are out there. This is a map, a roadmap that I could potentially follow or an individual I could potentially reach out to as a potential mentor as I walk my life. And so that's, that was the reason behind the book. Well, you know, and I think that, because um, I told you, you know, like, your ears should have been burning earlier because we were talking about it. One of the things that I like about the book, and as a coffee table book, I mean, those of us who've been around here doing it, like you said, um, even now you hear people who will go like, well, you know, I don't really know any gay people, or I don't know any black gay people, or their whole vision of black gay people and, and even you know, and black gay men come from shows and I and I love it. I loved Pose. Um uh or other shows where I'm I'm try I can't think of the ones escaping me that had to do with with ball ballroom dancers. But you know, it's like this is what there is. But in this book, 
and here it sits there. I mean, like you said, people are talking about rights being taken away. Uh, one of them, how many places don't want to let LGBTQ people in general um, be able to adopt? There's this picture of some fathers. And not only does it show, you know, it makes, first of all, to me, if I look at that, it, it, it can open the door to a conversation about parenting, okay? Yeah. And what is parenting? It's more than, you know, putting food on the table or whatever. Um, what roles are, like, you know, about what is nurturing, what is loving. Um, I mean, it just, like, opens that whole conversation if you look at that and you see, uh, oh, yeah, these are two guys, but you know what? Think about a family, what is family? And that opens that conversation. And how powerful is that? You know how they say a picture can say a thousand words? You know, if yeah, somebody yeah. Is, doesn't know, isn't thinking about it, they can look at that. Yes. Yes. And it even goes back to, um, I was reading another TikTok. I'm, I'm such a fan of TikTok because it definitely has opened my eyes. I'm one of those individuals that I'm a sponge. I absorb so much stuff, and as I'm processing, I'm putting in different folders for future reference. And one of the gentlemen was speaking on how we have all the designer books on our table. Um, let, mm-hmm. Let's change that up for a second. Let's put something else on our table that we can resonate with. All of the coffee table books that I have seen are of um, culture, experiences, lifestyles, that are not ours. Mm-hmm. Let's something on our table that we can, again, resonate with. We can look at and say, wow, it's nice to know that someone like this is within our community that I may be able to potentially connect with that I never knew. Uh, there was someone outside of the community, outside of the culture that reached out and said, I really want to thank you for um, the information that you put out there because I would have never known this. And if I'm trying to be an ally of or a supporter of the community, thank you for that. And so that's when I know that I am doing something that's right, um, that is leaving a, uh, a mark. There's a great quote that is in the book about if you want to leave a legacy, you can't walk on your tippy toes. Mm. Mm. Wow. And you, I really and you know, and, you know and, and to to and here are these stories. You know, I saw one of the people who um your pictures are with Cedric uh, Bridgeforth, and I've talked to him. And even though he was talking about his own personal experience, there was a moment in his book, and that in talking to him, that you know touched my heart, and it was something that I could identify with and yeah. you know to almost to the point of I'm like bringing you to tears where you have to take a moment and you do that and these are stories and these are visions of people you know to see this person you can see their heart their soul I think the pictures are 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 beautiful and especially the people who I know I go like, wow, I mean, that's a great picture of him. That's a great picture of him. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I actually explained that to all the participants. A couple reached out and said how um, beautiful the presentation looked. And I explained to them, I said, this book is, again, an extension of you. This book would not be as um, well curated, aesthetically pleasing if it was not for your conversation, your transparency, your wanting to be able to um, provide your voice, mm-hmm. show your perception, show your change that you're offering, and the beautiful picture as well that goes along with that conversation. So really, again, it is just something where we curated these individuals that you can have for, for the rest of your life. It's something you can put on your table. It's something you can give as a gift something that you can say, hey, I am represented in these pages. 
and I feel different as an individual. If someone can look at this book and say, I feel a little bit better about myself as a black gay man, or I feel mm. honored as a gay man, then I feel like the work of the book is done, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that, like I said, <laughs> I was talking with um, uh, Derek and Phil earlier, and I know that, you know, you know them. I know that in your years, I'm sure there's like a bunch of people. Yeah. How did you come determine who was going to be in the book? How did, how did you get the final cut? And I'm sure that there's enough to where there are other books coming in the future. Um, to answer your second question first, yes. Uh, after completing <laughs> this book, <laughs> after completing uh, yeah. this book, we realized that there needs to be a series. Series will take different um, paths, but there is a series. Uh, to answer your first question, when we were originally doing the interviews, the interviews had, again, that same sense of a theme, representation matters, leaving a legacy, uh, black boy joy, passion and purpose, um, seat at the table. When we did that, we were looking around within the community, and we wanted to pick individuals sometimes that you never really see or hear about. But there's, mm. I feel like, especially in black history, going through this and learning different things, every single one of us has left a mark on history for somebody else. And so sometimes that message or that individual needs to be shown. As I stated before, a lot of these individuals that we have in the book are founders and CEOs or individuals that have been in the service. Uh, we have a firefighter in the book. We had other individuals that have made a mark one way, shape, or form. And so in picking them out, We've kind of watched them for a while. We've done a little research on their uh, their social channels just to see if they were a good fit for that section of the book. And I think we really did curate an amazing group of individuals. Um, as you even stated before, there's one ally in there, and making sure we had that ally in there was that um, that icing on the cake. That uh-huh. yeah, even though this book is about the black gay community but it's also a sense of brotherhood as well that you have a brother that's not part of the community that also wants to show his support. And again, he's the founder of his own organization. Mm-hmm. So did you, um, did you have to do much arm twisting when you approached people or were they like, you know, what were the questions that they came? Did they all immediately say, okay, fine, or did they have questions about, the presentation, the book, what you were about? When we initially did the interviews with these individuals, the concept about the coffee table book came months later. As mm-hmm. we started doing these individuals, I started having conversations with uh, my marketing director, and I said, we need to figure out a way to better showcase not just put these interviews in different social channels, but something that adds worth or more value to them. And that's when we came out with the coffee table book concept. Once we started reaching back out to these individuals that we had either interviewed or planned on interviewing, they were actually excited about it. I mm-hmm. really did not have any, uh, as you say, challenge with uh, mm-hmm. having someone say yes. If someone didn't say yes, it was either a timing issue where they were unavailable or it was I may not have the time right now, but get back to me. And what's interesting is is that we're already getting people reaching out for us for this year for doing private private interviews for them. So, Uh yeah. Yeah. Uh, Did you have anyone who who came back and, you know, who was maybe a friend or something and said, like, then why didn't you ask me? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I have not. Um, most of the individuals in my circle, uh, we're very small, but we're a very close-knit family. And, no, I didn't have any no issues like that. They've always been supportive of my work. Uh, no, I never had any issues like that, no. 
<laughs> but they haven't uh, seen the book yet, so maybe once uh, they see the book. <laughs> now, now, did you did you let them see the pictures before they went in the book and let them pick out their favorite, or was that totally on you, on the you know the people putting together the book? Like, well, we like this one, you know this this look says what we want to. So did they, did you have anyone like, so like, oh, but I like this one. I look better in that one. <laughs> to answer that question, um, we tried to allow the participants to have as much hands on with the process as possible. Um, there was the participants, there's the eBay man team, and then there's the editing team that is actually still in the process. So we are in the final process of getting the book completed. All of the edits from the look and the feel and the aesthetics and making sure that mm-hmm. we're dotting our I's and crossing our T's, that's our last final phase. So we're getting in those responses now from every individual. And as I stated, we're getting very good responses. I'm pleased with that. So a lot of the overall book, no one has really seen but a select few of individuals because we really didn't want to showcase that until the book is finally put together but all the participants had to say so in what pictures were actually in the book. Well, I mean, the pictures that I've seen, you know, and, and most of it is from going to your page. I mean, it's just like, you. wow, you know, wow. This mm-hmm. is beautiful. I, I like they're not busy. Do you know what I mean? They're, it's just mm-hmm. something that's like sort of pulls your, pulls your, pulls your, um, you're looking to it. You have a team. You have a team I know that works with you on the organization. You have a team that um, worked with you on this project. How yeah. important is that? I mean, I know you cannot carry all the weight, but how important is it to have that team? And how did you pull it together and find the right people to say, like, you know, even though some, because, you know, you can have somebody who's like 100% in your corner but they're not the right person for a team to do what you want to do. How did you pull that together? That is still a challenge. And what I mean by that, <laughs> sure, any, any CEO, any founder that you speak to, when it comes to finding a team, um, it's a challenge. And it's a challenge for different reasons. Um, I remember one individual on TikTok, and I, I, he was uh, in, a, in, the, in the entertainment industry. I can't remember his name right now. But one of the things that he said that made so much sense was he said it's a challenge to work with other men sometimes because with men, everybody wants to be a leader. Hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that, that everybody wants to be a leader. And that's why you pick them to begin with. And it made so much sense. Most of the individuals that are on my team are leaders within their own right. They are leaders within their And so I wanted to make sure that those individuals, I wanted to make sure that those individuals that are on the team were able to have their own sense of self, their own control over their part of the project, as well as eBay Man itself. And so I am that type of, founder, CEO, manager, whatever title you want to give it of, I try to allow them that space. I picked you because you're the most creative for my aesthetics. I picked you because you know how to handle social media. I picked you because you are that communicator. I try to sit back and allow you to do you. And so that's how I picked them to answer your question. I wanted individuals mm-hmm. that could take that portion of the project or the company and turn it into something that they would like to see, that they would like to see flourish. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, in some ways you are ahead of a curve. This Oh, thank you. <laughs> well, I mean, really, I mean, you like you were recognizing that there needed to be this space, that you needed to make these connections, you know, amongst your your brothers and and people who are trying to in the business community, people who needed a networking place, you needed to have this place of expression. This book exactly. is yeah. like your legacy. Okay, so if E. e. Bayman was your child, this book is like that next generation 
of your legacy. Yes. Wow. Yes. I love that. Uh-huh. Yes. Okay. Uh-huh. Yes. So, I mean, you know, what did you, when you started out, did you even in your wildest dreams think that it would get to this point? That you'd be able to put something out there that would be on people's coffee tables to talk about the black gay male experience in all its nuances. Um, When I am creating things, and it goes back to what I said before, a lot of times we marginalize ourselves. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is when I put things out, I am more so thinking about the outcome of it versus what it's doing for me as an individual. The things that I try to put out and the things that I try to do is all about the community. It's all about the work. It's all about something I would like to see. It's almost like envisioning um, my ideal world for the black gay Mm -hmm. experience. Mm -hmm. So for myself, even as we were creating the app and thinking, wow, we're one of the first black gay apps for resourcing and networking for professional black gay men. Wow, this is one of the um, not really first, because I think there I've seen in the past some other coffee table books out there for the LGBTQ community, but I also wanted to make sure that there was a one out there that showed it from a different perspective, showed a different spectrum within the community from a different lens. And that was the approach I took. And so when I look again at things, I never look at it for what is it going to do for me? What is it going to do for the brand? I just want to make sure that whatever I'm putting out there, the community loves it. It's for the community. When I get back the positive feedback of how it looks, that's where I get my satisfaction from, Mm -hmm. that I actually Mm. able to make a difference. When I get the negative feedback, I have to take that negative feedback, internalize that in terms of how can I make the next one better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. That is something. So, you know, I mean, you've done a lot. I mean, from this initial idea and, and being about the community, and you've seen how the community has changed, has grown. Yes. What do you, and you also see, and I, what I like about it is that you also mentioned, you know, there are challenges that, that tomorrow we could be, you know, have taken away. Yeah. But how do you feel about the community, the state of our community, the state as a, a black gay man, how do you feel about the state of our community, not only for those of us who, you know, and we, and Phil and I, we went back and forth on how we are going to, to terminate, to term ourselves, not as, you know, the older generation or the whatever. I like to think of us as those of us who have been around and we're a little more seasoned than others, (laughs) you know, so, you know, so, but, you know, but, and in your work, you are, you're working with those who have been around who have been more seasoned to those who are brand new, you know, who are just coming up with their great ideas about a business and how they want to do it. What do you feel for the state of our community? And as you look at what way you're going to go, because you said your organ, eBay man is about the community. What does it need to focus on? Great question. Um, We had a, LinkedIn call with uh, James uh, Felton Keith, and he is one of the individuals that we're actually showcasing in the coffee table book. And one of the Mm -hmm. questions I asked him was, how do we as a community, in a sense, come together and support? And it was along the same lines of how I um, thought about things. He mentioned various things that are going on in New York. There is a huge LGBTQ center that is in the process. We, as a black gay community, do not have, or LGBTQ community, do not really have safe spaces for us mm-hmm. to go as mm-hmm. a community. A lot of the businesses that we patronize are not owned by the community or not even owned by the culture. 
And so when you ask about how do I look at the current uh, state of the culture and the community, it resonates with we have to start look at being the owners and not the consumers. We have to start mm-hmm. looking at being able to provide the safe spaces. We have to start looking at how am I my brother's keeper and how do we build those alliances stronger and better. Um, he even talks about us learning how to bridge. And so one of the things about Ebane Man is bridging those gaps between the individuals that are a part of the community and not a part of the community. And so events that we're focusing on in the future are what we consider bridge events or filling in those gaps. Ebane Man has always looked at the lens of we see the gaps, how can we fix them? Because a lot of things that are out there are the beginning and the end something in the middle is missing. And so that's where we come in and try and figure out where that is. Mm-hmm. But to answer your question, um, there's still, to me, there's still a lot of work to be done for the community in terms of supporting each other, um, building stronger foundations, um, creating those safe spaces, um, creating businesses. Even, as you said, the more seasoned individuals, a lot of us are getting to those ages where we will be retiring soon. Have we financially set ourselves up to retire and live the same lifestyle that we were used to living in corporate America? A lot of us that are single, no children, no spouse, Mm -hmm. no significant other. What will happen to us? Who's going to be there to take care of us as we get older? So those are the things that we as eBay man look for in the future in terms of how do we cover those gaps or how do we help those individuals? How do we financially prepare the community for this transition? Mm-hmm. So, okay, and you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm going to ask because I know someone will ask. Okay, it's important to talk about black gay men. Okay, yeah. um, although we still know that you know men can, and in some ways, particularly the older generation, are doing better than our black gay sisters. Um, how do you? And and then, and then you just talked about that issue, not having the kids. Who's going to look look after those of us who have been around? You know, we don't have kids and we're going to – do you see any – I don't think it's competition, but do you find a way of collaborating with the black lesbian community to lift us all up? Is that – you know, something yeah. that you do, how do you, how do you do that? I mean, and do oh. you ever hear that criticism from people like, oh, well, you're just talking about the guys. What about us? And I know that you do, Bridget, but explain. How, would, how do you answer that? And what's very interesting is, is that if you talk to most black gay men, we actually feel like the lesbian, our sisters, our counterparts, have a better grip, a better foundation than we do. Mm. One of the things that I really remember when I was in D.C. and I was promoting my app, there was a lady who came to uh, my table and she asked, wow, this is a great app. Do you know if there's another app out there for... um, She asked me, was there another app out there for... Um, black uh, lesbian women, and I said, my apologies, I don't. And I said, I only have the capacity to do this for men. And so we Mm -hmm. are thinking about down the line creating one for women. But when I tell you she turned and she probably ran out the door, got on her phone with her sisters and said, this is what we're about to create. And I'm Mm. sure instantaneously she's going to probably create but it goes back to show that there, there is a space for everyone that's out there. Annie Bane Man, just like I talked earlier about our food and wine festival. So Wind Out is for the black LGBTQ community. We are in total support of the lesbian, the trans, the queer, all mm-hmm. the additional communities that are out there. We're out there to support them. Our core factor is black gay men because that is the component that I know about. And so mm-hmm. as a lot of people say, I never want to talk or speak about another letter 
within the community that I do not know that it's full experience. Exactly. And you know what? And I think that that's important because everybody can't be everything for everyone. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. And um, if you do your part right, and just by her seeing it and you talked about it, and like you said, she probably ran out and did it, here's more avenues, (laughs) here's more ways, here's more spaces for us to go. And then when we show up in numbers, you know, it's not like one person trying to speak for everybody. You can speak and come with not only, you know, statistics, information about one part and do it. And so there's always going to be room for collaboration. But it doesn't mean that one person, one organization has to be, you know, like, hey, I'm covering everybody because it's sort of, of weakened things. I often think about it like, you know, sometimes in some issues, I'm happy to be under the umbrella of a commun- a person of color, but at other points, I have to be black, you know? Right, I mean, right, and right, if, right. I don't, mm-hmm. if I don't stand up on the black experience, you know, it can get diluted under that community of color. It's important to have that. Sometimes we all need to be under that umbrella, but sometimes you got to, as they say, stay in your own lane and only make your lane stronger. So, you know... Exactly. I totally get it. You know, I totally get it. But I, like I said, I know, you know. And you know what? And we can talk and share things with each other, but I can't speak for your experience. You can't speak for mine. But both experiences are equally important. 100%, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. You said the book is in the final editing and stuff. When will it be available? Great question. We are looking to have the book completed within the next two weeks. Again, we're finishing up the edit. I want to make sure that we have, again, dotted all those I's and crossed all those T's. Uh, We want to make sure that all the red pen marks are removed. Everyone is clean, (laughs) as I stated a lot of the participants are coming back with us with their final edits, their final statements Mm -hmm. of their find. And so there's just little nuances and little details that we want to make sure are covered. Our goal was actually to have this book out the beginning of February, of course, to be a part of the Black History Month experience. And so Mm -hmm. hopefully we can have at least the tail end of it, as I'm doing now, showcase and talking about it, but finally having it released in March, and I didn't want to rush it and it not be a quality product. I mm-hmm. want to make sure that everyone within the community, outside of the community, and the world itself really can appreciate this. Some of the individuals that we have in this book are based in South Africa. Some are based mm-hmm. in London. Some are based in Germany. So this book has the potential to reach not only the U.S., but from a global perspective. I mean, which I think is also important that, you know, we are part of the global diaspora. I mean, we're everywhere. And and that connection, too, is is equally important. You know, I mean, there's so many things. I mean, like you said, you're you're touching on that are are so important that you can see yourself more than yourself. You can see yourself as a a partner, uh, as a parent. You might be able to see yourself as a, a business owner. You might be able to see yourself in another country. You might be in that country and know that there are those like you, and you can go ahead and do that. So what are you thinking as far as distribution? And if someone, is there a way, like if they come to your webpage, can they get on like a pre-release list so that as soon as it's available, they'll, uh, people can pre-order, you know, be first in line? The link and the site will be updated next week for the pre-order opportunity. If someone Mm -hmm. wants to personally reach out in advance or just to find out some additional information, um, they can always reach out to my personal uh, business email, which is tlogan, that's L-O-G-A-N, at ebaneman, E-B-A-N, 
dot com. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now you told me that you know this new one is going to be uh, two point Yes. What's different? The new app will be two point The difference with the app this time is we wanted to create something that was a little different than before. Uh, a lot of the individuals felt the user experience wasn't. Um, as the the new generation says, it wasn't giving. It wasn't giving them Mm. the vibe. It wasn't giving them the feeling. And so we wanted to go back to the drawing board and figure out what that looks like. The challenge was, of course, as we've talked about um, through a couple portions of this conversation, is the mature, well-seasoned generation and the younger generation. How do you marry those two where both experiences are felt from different perspectives, but from the same outcome of, I get it, I can appreciate it. It may not be something that I may like at 18, but I can appreciate at 25. It may not be something I may like at 60, but I can appreciate at 50. So we want to try and make sure that we marry all of that in terms of what we can provide to individuals. And we look at all the other social channels that are out there, the positives and the negatives to that. But the main goal was to find something that was a resource. Uh, The community as a whole were always searching 20 different search engines, 20 different individuals, or word of mouth to find resources. Mm. Why not create something where it's a click away? People are tired of the dating apps. People are over the hookup apps. Give us a different experience. And so that's what our goal is. Again, we're that middle person. If we hear there's concerns or issues or gaps in the system, we try to identify that and try and figure out a solution for it. Wow. So (laughs) coming events, you talked about, you know, what are your coming events that um, we can look to see you at? I mean, uh, I I still already announced the the date for the next um, esteem award, but – Where else will I find you and your team? Um, I know you talked about the wine event. What else? Yeah, so again, going back, we are working on, as you stated just a few minutes ago, Wined Out is our newest brand. Uh, It originally was the LGBTQ Food and Wine Festival. We wanted to change that to sound more pleasing. Um, Mm -hmm. It's going to be also an extension of a wine club that we're creating. So the wine club will allow the community to create a subscription where they can get monthly or quarterly experiences from either black or LGBTQ um, vintners or individuals that are in the food and beverage industry. Um, So we will have Wined Out. The goal is to have our first one here in Chicago in June. The second one in July in Atlanta. So those are the two mm-hmm. for that. My goal is to actually hit as many um, black um, pride organizations or pride events this year to showcase the brand a little bit more as well. I had a great time the last time. I love D.C., Chicago, of course, my home is always amazing. Uh, Dallas had a, a really nice time there. So I want to make sure I hit a few more just to make sure that I stay in touch with the community and find out what's really going on. Every single city is different. Every experience is different. But, again, it always goes back to that same thread and those repeated gaps that I always hear about. Um, The other thing that we're working on, hopefully down the second quarter or third quarter of the year, um, August through October, is creating a men's conference. So that's the goals currently for um, 2023 for eBay men. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you've got your plate full. Um, now, you know, I'm going to be sending you my, my information because I want to know about that book. I want it on my coffee table. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you. Okay. I appreciate all you're doing. I appreciate you keeping community in mind. And this is your legacy. And although it's not, you know, what you're going after, knowing that you may have inspired a young person and seasoned person to to live their truth and feel good. I mean, you know, the conversations I think it's going to come out of this book are phenomenal. Um, thank, I look thank forward you. to having it. I thank you for taking the time to talk with me. Um, no, thank, thank you. Uh-huh. 
And you know what? We're just going to keep doing it. You know, later on in the year, I mean, you know, if I don't, I, I'll probably see you in Chicago. But when I see you at another point, then we'll just say, hey, it's time for us to talk again, Tom. Um, thank you. No, again, thank you. And, and we probably just need to get you to come to the Wind Out and do your podcast live from there. So we'll work on that. We'll figure that one out. I like that. I like that because I like wine. <laughs> I like wine. I like gay people. I like to be wind out. You know? <laughs> and, and exactly. you know what? And that would be great because I do want to, moving forward, do some live events to sort of see, you know, this is what's going on. This is what's happening right now. And to follow up on it. So, Tom, stay well. Um, stay engaged. Stay vocal. Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. And same to you. Again, you're leaving a legacy. You are allowing individuals that have voices that have never been heard before or probably would not have the opportunity to be heard if you were not doing what you're doing. So thank you for all that you're doing. Thank you. Okay. Well, look, you have a great rest of your day, and I will be in touch with you soon. Same to you. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I want to thank my guest, Tom Logan, CEO of Ebane Man. Ebane Man showcases the professional lifestyle of mature black, gay, queer men within business, travel, arts and entertainment, and community. Its curated publication has enlightening articles, engaging commentary, and appealing visual design. You can support Collections by Michelle Brown Blog Radio by following on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and or becoming a monthly supporter on Patreon.com. Current and past episodes of the show can be heard on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or Blog Talk Radio. Stay tuned as we continue to introduce you to more amazing individuals living between the lines, standing boldly in the crosshairs of their intersectionality and creating change right here on Collections by Michelle Brown. Thank you for listening.